Today, I'm going to see what to make of this smiley face killer theory. It's a theory a group of retired police officers and private detectives came up with after noticing a trend with multiple young, athletic, college-age men going missing under the same strange circumstances and later found near graffiti of a smiley face. I would love for any of my listeners out there to share their opinions on this and tell me their stories on what is causing this. It, I mean, is it really a serial killer or is it just one of those weird coincidences? Some say the smiley face killer has taken 40 victims over two decades and others say that there is no smiley face killer. Uh, this is all coincidence. This is a bizarre story that is open to interpretation and speculation. And I have my own theory that is probably more outrageous than the story itself, but it might just be crazy enough to be true. Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I'm Brad. Thank you for listening. And today I am joined by Kim, my favorite co-host ever. Backed by popular demand. You are. You, no. <laughs> well, the last time we did an episode, I think was Missing 411. And that is by far my most popular episode. So, really? Yes. Yeah. Just to let know. you know. You can you can check the stats. I'm not making it up. Well, that was because Missing 411 is a good subject. Not because of me. Your listeners are like, ugh, not her again. <laughs> I don't think they're saying that. <laughs> nope, that's not what they're saying. Which is funny because you brought me missing 411 said you should do an mm -hmm. episode about this and now what six months later that's episode 17 for anybody that hasn't listened to it it's uh it's up for an award but um <laughs> you brought me this one too where did you hear about the smiley face killer uh, i'm not proud of how I <laughs> <laughs> it's okay this is a safe place I was watching um, The Hollywood Medium. <laughs> Do you know oh, who yeah. that is? Tyler think, Henry. Yes, you've had that on and I've seen it. Yeah, so he's like a medium for just celebrities. And um, I thought he only did celebrities, but he he was doing a interview, I guess, or a reading mm -hmm. for a mother of a victim that thinks that, you know, her son was a victim of the Smiley Face Killer. So I just saw that and watched that episode and I was like that's weird that I don't know I just thought it was a interesting subject so yeah that's a phrase that sticks in your mind the yeah. smiley face killer it's uh it's catchy yeah it's not to be confused with the happy face killer that oh. was a different guy oh really yeah okay so yeah, the smiley face killer though is a collection of I would say victim profiles from 1997 to 2008. Um, authorities pulled out more than 40 bodies of uh, young uh, men out of the rivers and lakes in more than 25 cities and 11 states. Um, the name comes from the graffiti of a smiley face. Um, that's usually found somewhere around the discovery of the body, the location there. Um, and then, of course, they also have, and I'm forgetting the network, but there's a 
chronicle or miniseries show it's on this. Uh, Oxygen. Yes. <clears throat> and um, it features the two detectives that were the first to come up with this theory, uh, Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte. Yeah, they have a show on Oxygen. It's kind of silly. I mean, I've watched a few episodes, uh-huh. but if what they're talking about is true and this is really happening, the content is really good. Like, it's, yeah. it just really baffles me, just like 411 did, mm-hmm. where I, I don't know, I'm just the type of person that has to figure everything out and I have to, you know. You love a good mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I love my mystery stories. Yes. But yeah, so I just, I couldn't figure this one out. And mm-hmm. so I definitely brought it to you and said, yeah, do an episode. Yeah, the production value <laughs> of this show is pretty cheesy. And I think the detectives are way, in some ways, they're way off the mark. Um, I don't think it is a ser- one serial killer going around killing these dudes and then painting smiley faces everywhere. Well, their theory is that it's a group it's mm, a okay. nationwide, um, probably online group of serial killers that are doing this. And yeah. the only thing, you know, requirement is that you have to leave a smiley face. Yeah, that's the, that's the calling it's card. So creepy. Yeah, we'll get into our theories <laughs> on that later. <laughs> but these, they're usually discovered anywhere from a week to a month after the point of death. Uh, there's no signs of trauma on the bodies usually. Uh, some of them are, but they're unrelated to um, the bodies being found in water. And a lot of them have the GHB drug or the date rape drug in their systems. Mm-hmm. Um, they're killed prior to being put in the water. And many, town, many times they're found face up, which is not a normal state to be found in. Yeah, and it's they think that they're killed prior to being put in the water because some of them like don't have water in their lungs at all, so it's uh, not a drowning. Right. Um, but a lot of the times, um, the medical examiner cannot determine a cause of death, so it's open. You know. They just say, "Well, that's a suicide or." Yeah. Well, I mean, these death. kids are last seen at like parties mm-hmm. or. Uh, bars right and so the notion is that you know they get too drunk they stumble off fall in some water and drown which seems like a probable you know explanation but when their bodies are found weeks or months later and they show very little sign of decomposition it just even the medical examiners you know shows in their reports like autopsy reports that they haven't been in the water as long as they've been missing. Exactly. Yeah. So there's definitely, there's something odd about this victim profile they have here. And the case started with the disappearance of a 21 year old university student, Patrick McNeil. He was in New York. This was in 97. And that night he was seen leaving the bar, just like Kim was talking about. And they didn't find his body until April 7th, um, when his body was found floating in a nearby, uh, section of uh, Bay Ridge in Brooklyn. In the case of McNeil, they reported finding evidence that suggested that he had been killed by someone and then placed in the water. Um, his system had you know, drugs in it, uh, the GHB, and uh, they did find ligature marks around his neck. So he was also found face up, uh, you know, which again is not the normal 
position for a drowning victim. Mm -hmm. That's what kicked off the whole uh, the whole thing. He was the first one, at least documented. Yeah, there's another one. Um, at this guy, Brian Welzian. He went missing on January 1st of 2000. Um, it was New Year's night and Y2K, and he wasn't doing anything and thought, yeah, maybe I'll go meet some friends up at a bar and celebrate the new year. Um, so they said, all his friends said that they he rarely drank at all. Hmm. So he went to the bar, had a few drinks. They said maybe two or three, but a lot of his friends noticed that he seemed really drunk, just very intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Um, so he told his friends that he wanted to go home. They were st- all staying at a hotel that night. And so him and a, and a couple of his friends went back to the hotel, but his friend Nick Young stayed behind. So Nick stayed back at the bar, Yeah. said, Brian, you go home, you're too drunk. And <clears throat> um, when Brian came back to the hotel, he was like throwing up outside of the hotel, like numerous witnesses saw him throwing up. And so all of his friends basically leave him outside Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Sick. And they all go up to the room and pass out. So Nick, who was back at the bar, comes back to the hotel and realizes that Brian's nowhere, you know, not sleeping in the room. And he starts searching for him just all outside of the area of the hotel um, and then later reported him missing. Uh, Brian's body was found 77 days later wow. on March 17th. It had been washed ashore on a beach in Gary, Indiana, 30 miles of south of Chicago. Police say there were no signs of foul play, and his death was ruled an undetermined drowning. Yeah, so they said that he, uh, there's like a five-minute walk to Lake mm-hmm. Michigan. They So they said, thinking that he was drunk, wandered off, fell in the lake. But, um, again, he showed very little signs of decomposition. His body was found 77 days later. So wow. if that were the case, and he went into the water that night, he would be, you know... Oh yeah, gross. But oh yeah, there would be skin slippage. That's what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I I marked it explicit. (laughs) They know what they're getting into here. (laughs) So yeah, his uh, his mother is just you know very adamant that he did not go into the water willingly. Blood alcohol content was what only point zero eight. Yeah, so I mean he wasn't even over the limit. That doesn't even get you a DUI. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't buy this notion of guys getting drunk and just wandering off into bodies of water that I've been drunk many times and I have never once contemplated going into water by myself. Yeah, but that you're not in happen. your right state of mind when you're drunk. So that- I, I was not in my right state of mind a lot of times. Did some dumb things, but going into a river or a lake, not one of them. <laughs> Feel free to correct me on this. <laughs> anyway. No, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> then there was this uh, Navy veteran. He was 24 years old, William Hurley. He went missing after going to a, a Bruins hockey game uh, there in Boston. And this was in 2009. Hurley went to the game with some friends, and about halfway through, he called his fiance and said he wanted to leave. Wait a minute. Just, I know this is unrelated, but who leaves at halftime? I mean, this is an NHL game. I'm not even a hockey fan, and I'm like, what is well, wrong with this it guy? it adds to the mystery. Why did he okay. want to leave? All right, so he wants to leave and calls his fiance, and uh, she drives to the stadium to pick him up, but when she gets there, he's nowhere in sight. So 
when his fiance called him to find out where he was waiting, she said that he answered the phone and she heard him ask someone where he was located. And the man said, 99 Nashua Street. And then his cell phone cut out. So she drove to the address, he wasn't there, and she called him a second time, but again, just went straight to voicemail. So she drove around for about an hour and returning home thinking that he probably got another ride. Uh, she then reported him missing and various searches were conducted. Um, six days later, after his disappearance though, his body was found in a nearby river and it was close to where he asked her to pick him up. Uh, investigators said there was no sign of foul play on this one too and his death was again ruled an undetermined drowning. That's such a funny phrase. Undetermined drowning. I don't know. Sounds It's like they don't very know. Very non-committal. <laughs> like, hey, we didn't get it wrong. It was undetermined. Hey, he was found in water. I right. Mean, what else could it be? <laughs> uh, his mother released a copy of the autopsy report and allowed a physician to analyze it. And she found out that her son had suffered blunt force trauma to the head, uh, his eye sockets, and his left leg. And again, GHB was found along with alcohol in his system. Hmm. So another one that, I mean, these are like almost the same stories, just different people, different times. And I'm guessing a smiley face was found nearby. There was. There was a graffiti of a smiley face near, nearby in pretty much every story that we're covering here. And then 2002, uh, Halloween night, 21-year-old uh, University of Minnesota student Chris Jenkins was uh, last seen being kicked out of a bar. And four months later, his body was found encased in ice in the Mississippi River, uh, face up with his hands folded across his chest. Crazy. Yeah, just a big block of ice. <laughs> like, I'm well, just visualizing sure that. Sure, it's it cold in Minnesota. That's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't you know? <laughs> Another case, uh, Todd Gieb. He was 22 years, old, 22 years old when he went missing on June 12th, 2005. Uh, he was at a bonfire party in an orchard close to Michigan, Casanova, Michigan. He was reported missing later that day by his mother, and a massive manhunt ensued. Uh, the night he disappeared, he would, made several phone calls from his cell phone. One of them, uh, his friend said that he heard him say, I'm in a field, which is weird. Mm. Um, but I guess the orchard where they were partying is just like in the middle of nowhere. It's oh, like yeah. Just, yeah. You know. That's all you need when you're 21. That's an instant party. And a bonfire. Yeah. And a lot of beer. <laughs> um, so his body was found three weeks later in a lake that had been previously searched. Ooh. Yeah. Huh. His death was ruled an undetermined drowning, and his remains also showed very little signs of decomposition, which would have been present if he had died the day he went missing. Mm, exactly. Um, in his system, they found antidepressants and alcohol, um, but his family said that he never suffered from depression. So oh, okay. there'd be no reason for him to have that kind of drug in his yeah. system. Um, a smiley face had been spray painted on a tree near his, where his body was found and a smiley face sticker was later placed on his gravesite. Okay. Which is crazy. That, that's a dick move. If you're the smiley face killer and yeah. you're not only doing the graffiti, but you're putting a sticker on somebody's gravestone, Yeah. you know, that, it, well, that's a step it's too so far. It's so weird because 
even if you don't believe this theory, yeah, it's weird that anyone would put a sticker on a on a tombstone, you right? Know, like a smiley face sticker. That yeah, just, that would be that'd be weird. Yeah. So then there's Tommy Booth, uh, 24. He uh, disappeared in 2008 in January from a bar in Woodland, Pennsylvania, and that night he had been celebrating uh, a friend's 21st birthday with the group. Um, surveillance footage. Uh, capture Booth entering the bar, but then there's no evidence of him leaving. And after two weeks, his body was found face down in a creek behind the bar. His death was ruled probable drowning. We're getting a little closer to a commitment here. Probable drowning, and there was no signs of trauma. Uh, The area had been searched repeatedly in the weeks before the body was discovered. And the two detectives we talked about earlier also noted that um, the body appeared to have been staged. There were uh, three sticks strategically placed around the body, and there was uh, shoe and drag marks in the soil. Hmm. And, of course, a smiley face. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Right. And then we've got some right here in our neck of the woods. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's the smiley face killer, but I noticed that there are a lot of people or a lot of uh, young men in Austin that are around the Austin area that have the same circumstances. Mm. And I even told you, like, this is weird. Like, they keep finding these guys in water. Yeah, you told me that before you had known about the the theory of a smiley face killer. Yeah. Um, In June of 2015, Julio Santos... 22 he was out with friends on red river and 6th street when he disappeared around 2 30 a.m two days later his body was discovered in ladybird lake a little more than a mile from where he was last seen then in october of 2018 christopher white 25 was in town for acl staying with his friends at a rental home in west austin when he disappeared um apparently he went out um in the early morning hours of october 6th and uh, I think to make a phone call or something. Mm. Nobody really knows what he was doing out there. Um, But he went missing, and then two days later, his body was found in Lake Austin again, 2,000 feet away from the house. Interesting, yeah. And then there, just last year, uh, Martin Gutierrez, 25, out drinking with friends on Rainy Street when he just suddenly disappeared. And it took a week for his body to be discovered in Ladybird Lake around a mile from where he went missing. Ugh, I remember that. Yeah. He was oh, such a good-looking kid, and his family, too, is very perplexed to mm. why he why he went missing in the first place. Like, he was supposed to be with friends, and someone was supposed to give him a ride, and then his friends just basically turned around, and he wasn't there anymore, and they couldn't find him and yeah. assume he got a ride home, you know, with an Uber or something. But, Yeah. Yeah, and then the APD's homicide unit uh, alerted Lake Patrol to use sonar and uh, cadaver dogs to look for his body. And uh, two days after he disappeared, and they they couldn't find him. They searched all day and couldn't find him, but then later they did. So it almost sounds like he wasn't there for very long, you know. I mean, they searched the area. They searched Mm. the lake, too. His family did, too. They searched all through Thanksgiving. I think it was Thanksgiving of last year. So it's just, I don't know, this is so well organized and the, the, um, the victim profile seems to be so close uh, knit that, I don't know, what do you think the motivation, you know, do you have any theories on this? 
I mean, if it is a group of serial killers, mm-hmm. why are they targeting the most strongest? I don't know. They're young. They're athletic. Right. They're college aged. In my opinion, that's the strongest human being. Sure. Yeah. The prime of their lives. Exactly. You know. And it's yeah, that's really bizarre that that would be your target, your your mark. Right. Um, you know, most law enforcement officials don't think that it's a serial killer situation. Um, you know, they they pretty much think that's a hoax. Hmm. Um, but they, while I think that there's no group of serial killers doing this, I do think the cops are half right on this, where they don't believe that uh, they don't believe in that, but they take it a bit. I, I still don't think they have it figured out either because they keep saying probable drowning or suicide. Well, there's no uh, signs of trauma or mm. struggle or blood or right. So, I mean, what else could it be? What? Well, I have I have a theory. <laughs> and of course you do. <laughs> and it is a little out there. Um, there is a CIA project called MK Ultra, and it's a it's, I mean, you could look it up. What? It's on, it's on Wikipedia. It's in know. there. It's a real thing. And they have been doing experiments on human subjects, uh, for years, decades. Hmm. Uh, this is where they test out, you know, things like true serums or new, um, uh, interrogation techniques or drugs that they're going to use on people, which all of these people have been found with drugs in their system. Some of them, the antidepressants. Uh, I think hmm. they use the GHB to get these guys in a compromised state. But what better person to develop all of your tactics on than a young man that's in the prime of his life, strong? Hmm. Because if you can break that person, you can break anyone. That's true. Now, this could all be, I hope I'm not right. But MK you Ultra, think it's the government. Yeah, I think it's the CIA because doing experiments. Yeah, I think it's a you know men. a secret part of the the CIA that's doing this because it's so well organized. And I don't. I just think with the graffiti that there's just a lot of smiley face graffiti out there. Yeah, true. That's just you know. But the uh, sticker on the tombstone. I mean, okay, come that on. was weird, but I still say that uh, the overall operation here is is you know the uh it's the government because who else would be that organized there's no motivation there in terms of like monetary they're not taking their money their wallets are sometimes found with them mm-hmm. uh they're not being held for ransom so i just look at well who else would have an advantage here to do this but then i guess you'd have to kill them so they don't exactly talk about it I right guess, or that's yeah. crazy. That's my theory. It's dark and uh, twisted and probably paranoid, but that's my... I don't my... know. After watching the movie Snowden, oh, man. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm right there with you. That's a, that's a whole other talk show right there. <laughs> you got to do an episode. <laughs> well, you have an interesting theory, too, about it. What? Well, just that I think, just talking to you, that... It's a uh, lot like Missing 411. Exactly. But I don't have a theory because I have no idea what's going on in these national parks. But you think this could be it as far... It could be another branch of Missing 411. It definitely is. Actually, uh, the guy we talk about in that episode, David Politis. Yes. We finally got his name right. <laughs> uh, he has a whole book about this. It's called A Sobering Coincidence. And it's just about hundreds and hundreds of 
uh, young college age athletic guys, you know, just in the prime of their life mm-hmm. at a party or drinking and then they just go missing and then they're later found in water. Wow. So he has a whole book written, written on it. Um, and it's the same kind of weirdness of the missing 411. Like they've already searched that area and then the body shows up or, you know, they can't determine a cause of death or it's just, just weird circumstances. So something is definitely going on. Yeah. So you think it's MK Ultra taking people from national parks too? Uh, I don't know if that's the case there. Yeah. Um, but if this one to me. Oh yeah, you think it's aliens. Or, I, and I know people are going to really give me an eye roll, but I did get a comment from a guy on Twitter that uh, he asked if I believed in the portal theory uh, when he was when I uh, posted my 411 episode. And it took me a second, but he basically thinks that there are underground portals that people are being taken to. That I believe. I know That's, I sound crazy, but... Okay, yeah. Well, maybe I'm less crazy. We can just be crazy together, see? <laughs> That's it's all that matters. It's a safe matters. place. <laughs> but yeah, the, so that would... Um, I think that probably explains the... Or, or is maybe an explanation for the National Park hmm. part of the missing 411 phenomenon. I can see that. And this is the government, according to me. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I mean, it, it still baffles me, and yeah. that's why I love these kind of subjects is I can't figure it out and really nobody can these yeah. police you know officers and retired uh, private investigators they can't figure it out so yeah exactly of course I can. they rule it accidental I think just to kind of give people a sense of closure because they don't want to come out and say they just don't know yeah but um, a lot of their families just don't have closure because yeah how could you it just doesn't add up right and could I bet be? uh, some of my folks out there that listen to this you've got uh instances of this instances of this happening in your towns too oh i bet um you know there's you should check it out because it's it's happening all over this these are just we're just scratching the surface of this oh yeah yeah the ones we told are just highlights yeah so if you find any in your town uh you know definitely let us know you can reach me at the coffeebuzzpodcast.com And uh, I appreciate you for bringing this to me. This has been a good episode. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me on again. And I was reading about a series of young men. All of them were described as college, super smart, athletic. Some, Some of the articles said these are the smartest and the best of the best out there. And they disappeared. And they were later found under some unusual circumstances all in the same sort of area. And right away, I started thinking, okay, so all these guys are super smart, best athletes, described as best of the best, kind of fits one end of that intellectual paradigm that I've been writing about. So I said, okay, I'm going to start looking at this. And right away, when I got into the minutia of a few of these cases, I realized, wow, canines weren't finding a scent. There's a direct water relationship. There was a clustering effect after I looked at about 50. The victims, if they were found, they were found dead under unusual circumstances at best. Some were found alive and unconscious, semi-conscious, missing clothing, missing shoes. I'm thinking, holy cow, somebody somebody hasn't put it all together and read this, my research to see that, wow, there's, there's a direct line between this and that. Kind of how it all came about. Look at medical evidence, and there was a lot. Uh, I wanted to look at 
victim statements, there was a lot. Parental opinions, there was a lot. And there were even some newspaper people that jumped on board and thought, wow, this, what's, what's happening here is unusual. And like I said, I spent maybe 15, 16 months doing the research on this book. And darn if, if there isn't, the, many of the disappearances in this book are in the same areas the disappearances from the first four books are in. Around water, a clustering effect, I mean, it's right there.